0: This is a Messianic study of the Book of Romans. It's given in a Midrashic setting, which is audience participation. It was given during the months of June through August 2008. The discussion leader is John Behrens. He's pastor of Restoration Messianic Fellowship. You can reach our website at www.crimsonthread.com. There you can find this study in its entirety as well as other resources for your Messianic study of the Scriptures. This discussion has been edited and a number of the comments have been either truncated or removed for clarity and continuity. Verse 13, Now I am speaking to you Gentiles, ding, 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 ding. Inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous, and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If the dough offered as fruits is holy, so is the whole lump, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. What is the root? It was Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the fathers, the basis of the nation Israel, okay, and he's going to develop that, but if some of the branches were broken off, notice some of the branches, not all of the branches, some of the branches, and we go back up to the exile business, again, there has always been apostasy within Israel, and when it rises to a certain level and overtakes them, the nation gets sent into exile, okay. So the apostates are broken off in that sense. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember that it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. All right, a whole bunch of stuff there. Notice he's talking to Gentiles. Where are these Gentiles that he's talking to? In the? Synagogue. In the synagogue. And he says, you have been grafted in among the other branches. What do you suppose he's talking about other branches? The Jews sitting next to them in the synagogue. The Jews sitting next to them in the synagogue. In other words, what he's, the problem he's dealing with is you've got these Gentiles that have come into the synagogue, they've got their pagan attitudes about Jews, they've got the Holy Spirit, and they're looking at these old-fashioned, I don't know that they wore black gangster hat and cues in those days, but you understand what I mean, and they're looking at these guys and they're looking at them with contempt. And what Paul is saying is, uh, hang on there, bucko, if... God broke some of them off so that you could be grafted in to sit among the ones you're sitting among. What makes you think He won't break you off if you get too uppity? 19. Then you will say, Branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. In other words, you might say this in pride. Okay? That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief. Why were they broken off? Unbelief. unbelief. Okay? Notice we keep coming back to that. But you stand fast through faith. In other words, the only reason you're in there is because you do not have unbelief. So do not become proud, but stand in awe. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note that the kindness and severity of God, severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you. Provided you continue in his kindness, otherwise you too will be cut off. 23. And even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. In other words, if you find Jews, Hebrews, Israelites, who come <coughs> back to God, it's called Baal Teshuvah, return to the Master, if they, they will, God's perfectly happy to graft them back in too. Okay? For God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut from what was by nature a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? So again, the problem here is unbelief. And that's what's caused them to be broken off. And if they get that solved, just like you Gentiles got that solved, then they'll be grafted back in. And oh, by the way, if you Gentiles get too uppity and start behaving in ways that bespeak a lack of faith, he can cut you right back off, just like he did those. All right. So now we come to the mystery. 25. Lest you be wise in your own conceits. Notice notice how he's talking to these people. Wise in your own conceits. Do not be proud. You say he has grafted us in. That's true, he has. But don't get too uppity. Okay. All of this is by way of admonishing people who have come into the synagogue, into a mixed group. Lest you be wise in your own conceits, I want you to understand this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And this is why... And in this way all Israel will be saved. In this way. What's that mean? What it means is because you are grafted in, that is intended to lead to the restoration of Israel. Right? In this way all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And his... and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Notice who takes away their sins. God does, okay? In other words, when God decides that the exile has fulfilled its purpose, he will take care of getting them back, just like he did in Exodus. Israel didn't decide when it was time to come out of Egypt, God did. Israel didn't decide when it was time to come out of Babylon, God did. Israel will not decide when it's time to come out of exile. God will. And I believe that process is starting. All right, now let's flip over to Ephesians. First off, he's talking about many of the same things, and I'm in Ephesians 2 right now, and I'm picking up at verse 11. Therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh, who is he talking to? Gentiles again, right? Just like he's talking to in Romans, he's still talking to Gentiles, two different letters, two different cities, same categorical audience, Gentiles. Okay? Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made by the flesh in the flesh by hands, in other words, sons of Abraham. Okay? Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's a mouthful. So what what Paul is saying is Gentiles don't got no covenants. And as far as I know, with the exception of Noah, there are no covenants with Gentiles. So if you want to partake in the covenants of God, you got to cozy up to Israel. And then if you read the Torah, what the Torah says is when you have a stranger dwelling among you, the same Torah applies to them as applies to you. There is only one law. That's pretty cool, I think. In other words, if they want to come sacrifice, the same rules apply to them as apply to you. They want to eat the Passover, the same rules apply to them as apply to you. They want to do anything here in this nation. There is only one law, and that's God's Torah, and it applies to those who live among Israel. And what Paul is saying here in Ephesians is you Gentiles used to be outside of the covenant, outside of the commonwealth of Israel, okay? You were not in the commonwealth, you were not in the covenants, you had no hope. Verse 13. But now in Messiah Yeshua, you who were once far off, far off from what? Nation Israel and the covenants. You who were once, I'm just doing English here, okay? I'm not doing doing anything fancy. In other words, up above, he says, you were brought near. You were once far off. What have you been brought near to? The Commonwealth of Israel. You were alienated from the Commonwealth of Israel. Far off. Strangers. But now in Christ, or Messiah Yeshua, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Messiah. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments and ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both, who's us both? Jew and Gentile. Gentile. Us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And by the way, let's anybody get the law of commandments and ordinances. We went through a whole long riff earlier on in Romans that the Torah has not been done away with. What we're talking about there is the Oral Torah. Huh? Oral. The Oral Torah, yeah. Which is a rabbinic emendation to the law of God. Okay? John, yeah. switched analogies from the trees to brought together in one body. That's where the church is the body of Christ. Therefore, said. the But but it says here, us both. Yeah. It it is not a separate... He's using two different analogies, but he's saying the same thing. So what we have here is, first off, there are no covenants with Gentiles. So if you want to partake of the covenants and the promises given to Israel, you have got to be grafted in to Israel. And that's what Paul says in Romans, when he's talking about his olive tree example. He says, you Gentiles who were wild olive trees, from a wild olive tree, he cut off some of the natural branches and grafted you in. So now you partake of the root, which I'm suggesting to you is, is Israel. He's saying virtually the same thing here in Ephesians. You were once far off, you were once strangers, now you've been brought near through the blood of Messiah. Okay, we all there? All right. So now let's go down to the mystery. If you go down to chapter 3, remember he was talking about a mystery of Israel's salvation here. Alright, so now we we'll go to Ephesians 3.10. Actually, let's pick it up at 7. Of this gospel I was made minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given me by the working of His power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Messiah and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So we're talking mysteries again, just like we were in Romans. And I'm going to assert that, we're, that those mysteries are connected, Okay, and I'll, and I'll develop that for you. So it's a mystery hidden for ages in God. So this is one of those mysteries that only what we call God the Father knew. Hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Oh. So, what's the purpose of this mystery? So what we're talking about is a mystery that is hidden from Principalities and powers, one of whom would be Satan, that God himself only knew, and Paul is now revealing, right? Verse 10, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering, which is for your glory. So what is this that's manifested in the church? find out that, you need to go to 1 Corinthians. And you want to go to 1 Corinthians 2. At verse 6. Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom although it is not a wisdom of this age, or of the rulers of this age, who are doomed to pass away." Who are the rulers of this age? Now is that again Satan? Because that's, he's got. That's the principalities and powers again. <coughs> he has the title deed right hmm <coughs> Yet among the mature we do not impart wisdom, though it is not a wis- although it is not a wisdom of this age, or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret, hidden wisdom of God which God decreed before the ages for our glory. So again, we're talking about one of these things that was known only to God and now is being revealed by Paul. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined that God has prepared for those who love him. All right, what he's saying there is, if Satan had understood what was going to happen, he never would have crucified Christ. This was a mystery that was hidden by God, in God, from before the creation. The deal here is that the death of Messiah and the resurrection brings about the availability of forgiveness and the availability of forgiveness and the ability for the Gentiles to come in by faith. And that's a mystery that was not known until after the fact. And had it been known before the fact, Satan would never have killed Yeshua. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, very much, and 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 not only that, Yeshua even told him. Remember the parable of the the vine dressers, mm-hmm. and where they they finally he find the the owner of the of the vineyard finally sends his son, saying, surely they'll respect my son, and they look at him and say, ah, here's the son. We kill him, we get it all. Remember? Isn't that what Satan? Well, he here's the son, the and and what happens is once Satan kills the Son, the blood of the Son then goes for atonement for the world, and everybody now has access to the promises through Israel. The promises through Israel. The promise. That's what they have access to. Yeah, you have access to the promises through Israel. They're not a separate set of promises that Gentiles get. Okay? You have access to the promises through Israel and what yes yes okay that's what Paul is saying in Romans you got to be grafted in and you got to understand that the root sustains you you don't sustain the root okay it's all through Israel and the whole purpose of the exercise here is all sorts of people have been faked out of position Satan got faked out of position because he was thinking I kill the sun and I get the vineyard didn't work. Okay? Israel's been faked out of position and, and Satan by the way rationalizes that if I can turn Israel into a whore then they can't do what they're supposed to do and it's all mine. So all of these people were thinking that by killing the son and by turning Israel into a whore, that Satan was going to win. And then God just sort of says, watch this. He has his son's blood shed on the altar in heaven for the remission of sin. He raises his son from the dead. And now the Gentiles also have access to the promises and covenants of Israel. So even though Israel has been sent off for apostasy and is in exile, ah, what we've done is we have planted synagogues all over the world and Gentiles now get to come into those synagogues and listen to the word of God being read and they again get to come into the commonwealth of Israel, that's what he's saying in Ephesians, and they get to partake of the fatness of the olive tree so everybody is surprised Israel's surprised Satan is surprised Gentiles are surprised of course and of course okay yeah well that's not what he's what he's talking about here is is this yeah. this bizarre idea that the covenant is now going to be open to Gentiles yeah. okay through so Israel Yeah, and, and, and we see how bizarre this is because when Peter goes to Cornelius' house, remember, in Acts, Peter goes to Cornelius' house and the Holy Spirit falls on the Gentiles and, and, and the Jews with Peter and Peter are, whoa, what's this? Okay, they weren't expecting that. Okay, and it's only the death and resurrection of Yeshua that makes that possible. And that's what nobody understood before the fact. That's the mystery.